This is The Social Mediators on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM, where we examine the truth disparity between what's in social media and what's actually true. I'm Jillian Parks. And I'm Garrett Goolsby. And today, yay, we're talking about Medicare and Medicaid. Yay, because we said we would. Because we said we would, and because I think it's important that I know the difference. It is. If I come away with nothing other than the difference, then I will be pleased. I think most people, it's a really complicated topic, and especially like most college students, Probably couldn't tell you the difference. Right. So this is our, this is us helping you. I will say that now enters the season of the year where I start to get congested and my voice gets higher because I get more nasally and I resonate more there. Fun. Um, so that rocks and it will only get worse from here. Yay. So if you find this annoying, it's, that is so sad for you. By the end of the semester, she'll be speaking at a frequency that only dogs can hear. <laughs> He's right. He's right. Um, okay, so Medicare, Medicaid. Um, I, I'm not. I'm not gonna lie to you. I don't have much to say. Um, I'm assuming you have much well, to say. Well, there's like hours and hours worth of things to say, but I'm gonna pare it down because also I didn't understand a lot of it because a lot of it was made up by really smart people that wanted to confuse the general public, so that no one decided to wade into the nitty gritty of all of it, like I tried to do and then quickly waded out. Wow. There's a lot going on. Okay, cool. We're also going to talk about Canada, just for comparison's sake, because, you know, it's like, okay, the U.S. has all of this, but what about other places? Yeah, what about other places? I'll throw in my two cents about Canada. Cool. Good to know. So that's a little rundown of what to expect. Let's start with me. So, first of all, (laughs) Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, everybody's up in arm about Medicare. Mm. Medicaid. Medicaid. Everyone's up in air, up in arms about Medicaid. Okay. Because um, people that are on it hate it, and people that are not on it hate that there are people on it. Mm-hmm. Um, on social media, at yes. least. Um, the people that are on it are upset because there's just a lot of anecdotes, specifically on TikTok, that were very emotional and touching to me because it's so sad. It's these people that are like, I've called eight doctors in my area, and they won't take my Medicaid because they don't take Medicaid. Ooh, we're going to talk about that. And it's so sad because Medicaid is a state and federal, but namely state yes, function versus right. Medicare is federal government. That's right. And Very so, good. Yeah, thank you. Go social media. Um, and there's, so there's these dentists and these doctors that are coming on TikTok and being like, we wish we could accept Medicaid, but our state won't let us for these like eight cases or whatever, or these cases here because mm-hmm. um, they're state regulated or whatnot. So um, it's so sad. And then there's all these people. So it's like these juxtapositions of people being like, we want to help you. These people be like, please, we need help. And then I guess the only middleman that's not actually talking is the state being like, no, we say no. And I'm sure they have good reasons for it. It's just sad. Um, on the other hand, there's people that are mad that Medicaid even exists yes. because taxes um, and the national debt, yes. as we spoke about How last timely. week. Um I will say this little uh, mnemonic device I learned to remember the difference is Medicaid aids low income people versus Medicare cares for like the elderly. That is um, exactly right. Yes. Woohoo! Um, so that's where you find the distinction. Medicare is 65 plus. Mm-hmm. And is it, okay, people were saying different things. Is it 65 plus you're for sure, you for sure get to be on Medicare or do you have to have some sort of disability along with it? You can be on Medicare if you're over the age of 65. Okay. And then I hear from social media that there is a punishment for if you don't enroll in Medicare when you are eligible. I believe there is now. That hasn't always been the case. Also, just kind of a side note, if you're under 65 but you have a disability, you can get Medicare. Hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's true too. And I also heard that, heard, saw 
viewed, consumed, whatever the correct verb is, um, that is it true that Medicaid like can take like parts of your assets or whatever you leave behind when you die to pay off whatever they paid to. That's interesting. I've never heard that. I saw it in a TikTok comment, so it's actually like a, the least possible credible source <laughs> in all of the world. But that is on there. So I've I don't never know. heard that to be true. But I mean, if you think about it on a grand scale, the people that like take your house, if when you die, it money all kind of ends up in the same place. Fair so. Enough. So, yes. I don't um, know that the Medicaid people are the ones doing it. It's true. Um, apparently, Republicans are the ones who really hate Medicaid. That is also true. Um, there's this one sad there's this one sad tweet um, that talked about how, like, meat is too expensive for a poor person, which made me sad, but made me laugh a little bit because oh, it's not true. <laughs> I don't think that's true. All meat is too expensive not for poor meat, people? Not all meat, but, like... A high quality meat. I mean, yeah. If you want it, you can't buy filet mignon if you're. Well, poor. I was. I, we don't even buy that, yeah. and I'm middle. We're middle class, so I. I don't know. I did. I thought that was a st- that was a very like. I mean, in all, the, all in is the weeds a very tweet. all sort of statement. You know, that's yeah, everything. Fair enough. Um, and then Trump. There's a well, not Trump, obviously, because this is Twitter. Um, but there's a account that's Trump similar tweets that is really starting a lot of discourse on Medicare and Medicaid for Medicare and Medicaid, please probably just Medicaid for performing gender changing surgery on minors. Yeah. So the, is that a real debate? The debate now is whether that should be covered. Oh, well, Medicaid is not an entity that performs surgery or not. It's right. It should be covered. Right. right? It's like they pay for things. I understand. I understand. So it's the question is whether the state should, provide funding for people to be able to do that kind of thing if they can't afford it themselves. I, I don't know. Which, there's a long list of other things they don't already pay for that mm-hmm. are, I would argue, more Higher important. There. Yeah. yeah. There was a lot of, there were a lot of videos of people talking specifically about their struggles with finding a good dentist who takes Medicaid. Yeah, dentist is a big one because most dentists cannot enroll in Medicare or Medicaid. Like, they can't Because of payments. the state? Yeah. Mm, would you look at that well that's that's all i have from social media um do you have any questions for me uh i mean did they say any this is just kind of a i hope this is a gimme do you know who was the person who was the president that sort of pushed medicare and medicaid yes it was okay i only know that because i've been alive yes exactly (laughs) if you if you were alive like 2008 to 2016 i voted for obama in my kindergarten election that is fascinating. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know who it was. I just picked him. You were like, oh, cool. Nice. <laughs> yeah, I, d- I was like, what, five, six? Yeah. So, okay. Yeah, but this is the Social Mediators on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. I'm Jillian Parks. And I'm Garrett Goolsby. And right now we're talking about the most riveting topic of Medicare slash Medicaid. Woo! Okay, so some fast facts about Medicaid. We're just going to run through real quick. Uh, covers about one in five people. Each state has different qualifications. Twenty percent of the uh-huh. population is on Medicaid. So, it's the the qualifications are like this. You have to be either you have to either have like somebody who has a disability dependent on you, or be a person with a disability. You have to be below a certain income range, um, and it, it, that those things vary state by state. So, like Texas, for example, because we're from Texas, I was like, let's look. Mm-hmm. Um, so, if you are a if it's just you, you're a single house single person household. Uh, you have to be making about $27,000 or less to qualify for Medicaid. Mm. Uh, for four people, it's $55,000. For eight people, it's $92,000. Uh, 
if you are pregnant or responsible for children, that also might quali- qualify you for Medicaid. Mm. Um, also, being blind, being blind qualifies you for Medicaid mm. uh, in Texas. That is not other. Sometimes not other. Why? Places. Um, just because. Actually, that's a good question. I didn't find direct. I was just looking at the the requirements, so it just has a list, and it just says being blind. But you also have to be making less money. I yes. guess you can't. If you're poor and blind, you I feel know, like it would be more difficult to have a to job make if money. you were yeah, blind. Yeah, that's probably okay. why. Um, I'm glad we pieced that together. So I feel like that should have been <laughs> obvious. <laughs> Texas uh, spends about forty billion dollars on Medicaid annually. Okay. I think that's a lot. That is a lot. The U.S. as a whole. Take a guess. How much? How much do you think? A hundred dollars. Uh-huh. Million. One hundred bill. One hundred billion. Seven hundred and fifty to eight hundred and fifty billion dollars. Billion? Yes. A year on Medicare. So think about our what? national debt number, right? Ugh. It's thirty-four Still trillion makes me dollars. Right? That we've had that. That's a lot. Um, but think about every year we're spending eight hundred billion, so almost one trillion dollars. On Medicare and Medicaid. That's not necessarily contributing direct, you know, not all of that is being contributed to the debt because we have taxes that pay for most of it, oh, if true. not all of it, that right? So sense. it's not it's not, it's not one-to-one. No, not even close. But um, something to think about, right? Hmm. Uh, the federal government requires each state to cover basic health care needs and long-term health care, like if you have a disability. Um, so let's talk about Medicare a little bit because oh. it's kind of confusing. Uh, there's there's part A and there's part B. So part A is insurance for a hospital visit and like long-term stuff. So what is that? What do you mean part A and part B? So there's two parts and the distinction is that everybody, basically everybody can be part of part A. Part B. Once they reach 65. Yes. Once they reach 65. So once you qualify for Medicare, everybody can have part A. Part B is like an addition to Medicare where you pay a monthly premium and you get medical insurance for stuff other than the hospital. So that would be like the dentist um, and various other specialists you might need to see. So it's but like, you, but they have to, ex- those specialists have to accept Medicare. We're going to talk about that. So okay. that's the problem with Medicare and go. Medicaid. <laughs> okay, right? cool. So it sounds like a pretty good, you know, a pretty, a pretty nice thing for a lot of people. It's like, okay, you have a low income, the government helps you out with your medical expenses. Like where's the catch? This catch is when it comes to providers. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I actually talked to uh, a professor of mine who's been a practicing psychologist for a number of years, like mm-hmm. a clinical psychologist. Um, and he was talking about yeah, that it's just the worst to have to try to take Medicaid money because essentially if you're a healthcare practitioner, you have to apply to be able to be reimbursed by Medicare or Medicaid. Mm. So you have to go through this lengthy process being vetted by the government. There's a lot of paperwork involved and every state it's different. Um, and so it's, it's quite a process. And then once you've done that, then patients that are on Medicare and Medicaid can come to you and use your services and then the Medicaid people will pay you mm-hmm. um, as a practitioner. Uh, here's the problem is that they pay you way less than a private insurance company. Hmm. So the example that my, my professor used, and I did some more research about this, but he was talking about a private insurance provider like Blue Cross Blue Shield, mm-hmm. right? Um, if you... If you're a psychologist and you give an hour's worth of therapy, uh, Medicaid will pay you $41 an hour, which is like, okay, that's not bad, right? Blue Cross Blue Shield will pay you $115 an hour. Oh. Yeah. So that's almost three times as much. And that's the case for a lot of different professions, like within within medicine. Um, You get paid like less than half a lot of times or maybe even as much, as little as a third as much when you take Medicare and Medicaid than you do 
as uh, getting private insurance. So people just would have to do it out of the goodness of their hearts, like uh, genuinely? Pretty much. So there's, well, there's two things that okay. happen. Um, either there, there's those that do it out of the goodness of their hearts, which is getting, you know, there's not really that many of those. Um, yeah, I and, figured. Yeah. I mean, it's like you, you go through all this trouble to be a doctor. You have huge medical school debt, and then you're going to get paid 40 bucks an hour, which is like what a plumber makes. Right, right. You know, that doesn't make any sense. Uh-uh. Um, so, you know, th- it doesn't make sense for them. They have families. They have huge debt to pay off. So they take the private insurance. But a lot of times what happens is, let's say you are maybe not a great doctor, mm-hmm. um, but you still need business. You take Medicare and Medicaid money, you'll always have business. Mm. So a lot of times the providers that accept Medicare and Medicaid are not as good. In fact, they're sometimes way worse than what you would get from somebody that's just taking private insurance and can just ask to be paid that much because they're that good at their job. Mm. So, yeah, not great. Mm. Um, just another side little note. Medicare patients pay about 20% of the, whatever their bill is. So they don't they, the government doesn't pay all of it. Um, they pay 80% and then the person pays 20% out of pocket. It's called their copay, okay. uh, which usually winds up being a pretty good deal. Obviously, with big surgeries and things, surgery is expensive. Right. That's how it goes. Hmm. Um, so any questions? Let me make sure. I'm yes. So how do I reconcile that sweet video of those, those dentists saying, we want to take you, we want to take you, but the state won't let us? Probably what they mean is that the process for them getting approval to take Medicare and Medicaid money is either so long it's not even feasible to try Mm -hmm. or for dentists in particular i saw a lot of and i don't know why this is but um probably just because of the cost the government would incur if they did this uh they a lot of programs don't just don't cover dental stuff at Mm. all so they're not even eligible to uh to To apply in the first place. yeah they couldn't apply in the first place Mm. so you know they want to be able to help um a nice little thing or I, i think people that are really upset about how Medicare and Medicaid work. Um, private insurance companies are starting to uh, see this as a problem. So like I know Blue Cross Blue Shield, what thing they do now is that they require all of their providers that they work with to accept at least 10% of their patients to be Medicare and Medicaid patients. Does that, oh. does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So mm-hmm. um, like my, my good friend who's a psychologist, right? If he wants to receive money from Blue Cross Blue Shield, at least 10% of his patients are Medicaid patients. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's something that the private insurance companies are doing to kind of help this out. And you can start to see why the government, why, why people get really upset at the government oh, yeah. for this program. Because, you know, on one hand, yes, people that don't have medical coverage are getting it yeah. at least more than they would otherwise. At least that's what it seems like. But mm-hmm. the problem is... That it makes med it makes medical care more expensive because doctors know they'll get paid, right? So they can either get paid by the private insurance companies that are going to pay them a lot more, or they can get paid by public insurance, which is not as good. But if they know they can get paid by private insurance, they're just going to charge more. It just seems like the system itself. I mean, this is not novel, but I just even people that people were pretty much echoing the same thing over and over again, whether they were like politicians that have been serving for a long time or people that like (laughs) opened their like had one video on their tiktok account and it was this one and they were like just ranting about what they had experienced was that like the system is so bad because it requires you to remain poor um because if you make over a certain amount um you no longer qualify for these specific health insurance policies or what it may, may not be um one lady was talking about how she 
she had a, she needed to go to a specialist for something, um, but they wouldn't take Medicaid. They didn't mm-hmm. take Medicaid. And so she was like, okay, fine. How much is it out of pocket? And they wouldn't allow her to pay out of pocket. They wouldn't take her money um, because she was insured. Interesting. So what is she supposed she to do at that point? Does she have private insurance or Medicare? Medicaid? No, Medicaid. And they just wouldn't? They just said that because she was insured, they can only take, like, they can't serve, they can't, like, provide services for her. Oh, I mean, well, so certain some practitioners just can't provide and won't provide services for Medicare, Medicaid patients, which is a hard and sad thing. Right, but, like, like why wouldn't they just be able to pay out of pocket? This is a lot of money. Yeah, I guess they it's just... a lot of money. And a lot of times, mm-hmm. if somebody is on Medicare and Medicaid and they say, oh, I want to pay out of pocket instead for something, mm-hmm. it's not a risk a doctor might be worth... It, for a doctor, it might not be worth taking. It's Think about it almost like a bank loan, right? Mm-hmm. Like, if you have to perform a surgery that, as a surgeon... To perform it is going to cost you like 20,000 bucks or something, something really invasive, well, right? Um, and you have somebody that wants to try to pay out of pocket, but you know they only make $25,000 a year. You may not want it. You may want to tell them, go somewhere else because I'm not going to be able, you know, it's going to hurt me and I'm not going to be able to provide you with everything that you need. Right. So it's, you know, it's a double edged sword, right? You have to look at it from both both perspectives on one hand providers don't want mm. to ask people to pay something that they can't pay because at the end of the day they get stuck with the bill um or they have to and you know doctors don't do this this is this is why this doesn't happen but let's say somebody wanted to try to pay out of pocket for a huge you know really big surgery um, like open heart surgery or mm-hmm. something and they weren't able to pay all the costs you know in kind of a mixed twisted up society, what would happen is they would just say, well, I'll just not do this part and this part of the procedure, like not have this medication or this or whatever. And like, that's not good care. Doctors aren't going to do that. Nobody's going to do that. So the solution is we need you to go somewhere else that either is a lower cost, is able to do it cheaper for a number of reasons, depends on where you are, right? Mm -hmm. And who your providers are. Um, Like, rural areas it's expensive to try to get a big surgery right because right. they don't have As the network resources. and the resources to do it right mm. you go down to the houston med center and there's plenty of room there's plenty of doctors there's plenty of everything right and so it's not as big of a tax on the resources Jeez. um so just for comparison's sake real quick canada. we are going to talk about canada because everybody's like okay it's our system is so bad like yes it is bad um, it has issues, but how does it stack up to other systems? So Canada has a universal health care system, which means when you are a citizen of Canada, you can go and apply for public insurance. And when you get public insurance, you can walk into a hospital, show them your public insurance card, and they will pay, they, they'll pay for everything. Hmm. Um, that's how it works. Doesn't matter what it is. Uh, there's a few things that aren't covered, like prescription medication sometimes isn't covered. Anything over the counter you have to pay for. Uh, but for the most part, it's it's most things, right? Even heart surgery. Yeah, they will pay whoa. for that. Um, so big stuff, right? That's that's a big deal. And everybody's like, whoa, you know, it's cheap. You just go to the hospital, you show them your card, and you're good. You're good to go. Um, and Canada's healthcare is pretty good. Like it all consistently ranks among the top in the world. Um, but here's the problem: they are wildly understaffed because. Doctors don't want to get paid half as much in Canada as they do in America. And that's, you know, you look at salaries, right? Like they get paid far, far less. And you look at specialties like, let's say, neurosurgery. I looked at neurosurgery and uh, in America, a neurosurgeon will make 750000 yeah. bucks a year, right? In Canada, you're going to make $350,000 a year, which sounds like a lot of money. But when you consider that a neurosurgery education might put you in somewhere on the order of two hundred to $300,000 of debt, eh. making $300,000 a year suddenly becomes way less attractive. Mm-hmm. 
you know? Um, so like lots of physicians are educated in the U.S., right? And what's the incentive to go to Canada to be a medical practitioner if you're going to get paid half as much? Right. There's none. Um, so that's a big problem, right? There's not enough staff, not enough doctors that want to take that deal. And the other thing is that, that what this leads to is people have to wait a really long time to yeah. go get specialty stuff. So average wait time for to see a specialist in Canada, take a guess. How, how long do you think it is? A month. A month. How long do you think it is in the U.S.? A week, couple weeks. Sometimes, sometimes a little over a week. It can be months, once in a while, depending on what the specialty is. Canada, twenty-four weeks. Oh, that's basically half a year. Whoa! So if you need to see, you know, a brain surgeon or a spinal surgeon or something like that for a consultation, it could be literally half a year before you could see one. Zoinks! Which you might expire before then. Well, of course, then you'd go to the emergency department and they'd get you kind of expedited. But that's different. Um, That's different. Yeah. If you had a lingering problem, you got to wait. Oh. Well, both sound pretty bad. Yeah. They're both bad. Oh, I love it. I love when things end up on this note. Yeah. Are we ready to give social media a grade? Sure. Do you know what you want to give it? Mm, Yeah. Okay, cool. Me too. Ready? Three, two, one. C minus. Oh. I gave it lower grade just because... I don't know numbers. Numbers. You know, <laughs> what does that but, uh, mean? It's just like there. It didn't seem like there was a lot of specific stuff. It was like you knew what Medicare, and Medicaid were, which was good, mm-hmm. and just that people were mad about it. Yeah, but also I think those are all true things. But. I don't know. I think I liked. I kind of liked the idea of learning about it, at least partially from social media, just because it's the people that are affected by it that are talking about it. It was helpful, I think, to get stories, individual stories. Right, from and just it. to see, like, oh, this is not, you don't need to, <laughs> you can't exist just in black and white on this one. Like, there just are yeah, nuances to exactly. it. exactly. That's when you look at healthcare systems as a whole, that's how it is. Right. People are like, oh, the U.S. healthcare system is garbage. And it is, but so are lots of other systems. There's always bad things that happen. True. All right. Now, on that note, thanks so much for tuning in, everybody. Um, my name's Jillian Parks. And I'm here at And we will talk to you next week. <laughs>